is Eye to Eye, an amazing podcast that shares knowledge on the big questions in life we all want to know. Hosted by yours truly, Calvin J. So join us on season two as we take you from ignorance to illumination. Welcome to another episode of Eye to Eye. I'm your host, Calvin J. And uh, this week, I'll be discussing stress-free camping. Yes. Since COVID popped off a couple years ago, a lot of folks out there, a lot of families, a lot of couples decided, hey, you know what? Let's escape the matrix and get out there and reconnect with nature. Let's reconnect with ourselves, our family. Let's, let's, let's redefine what it is to be happy and in love, to love each other. So we all escaped into the, the wilderness, became one with nature, and essentially camped. And that's what me and Michelle did, right? We, we got out there and we went camping. And um, so this podcast is gonna be about what is stress-free camping? How does that look? What does that look like to be in a relationship, to be in a marriage, to have a family, and to successfully, and success is balancing out the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> what does stress-free camping look like? Now, we've traveled all throughout the country and older retired married couples would jokingly ask us, wow, <laughs> you guys haven't killed each other yet? How did you guys do it? What's the, you know, what's your secret? Well, I got the lovely Michelle here. So what would be some of the, the main things that you say allows us to be successful with our camping? Um, first off, I would say communication. Um, but along with communication, definitely patience is right there with it. Mm. You got to have those two because as much fun as it is to go camping and to travel, it is a lot of work. Yes. On both ends. Yes. So yes, communication, patience. Okay. Okay. And remembering what the goal is. And what's the goal? Oh, to have fun. To have Lots fun. of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And can I add safety onto that? Of course. I think it's important to understand, especially for the RVers, when you're um, pulling a 7,000-pound rig behind you, there's no type of license that you need for that. Anybody that has a regular license can pull a travel trailer or a fifth wheel or airstream you can pull it so you like you cannot pull a rig on the highway at 70 75 80 miles an hour like you're pulling just a bike behind you we've seen too many accidents on the highway because people were having blowouts i mean that happens to the best of us but i thank god we've made it all across the country and we haven't had a blowout mm. you know i don't drive personally how fast do i drive like I, um about 60 60 65 
Yeah. The fastest I'll go is 65, and especially when we're in the mountains. I'm not, like, if you want to drive faster than me, go around me. I'm not going to hit 75 miles. Like, that's, that's nuts. So safety is imperative right along with communication and patience. Mm -hmm. Now, Michelle is going to explain to you guys how imperative, how crucial communication is. Explain to the, uh, the people out there, explain to our audience out there, how does us packing up look? Like when we get ready to pack up and we're moving to another campground or we go into another national park, mm -hmm. what does that look as far as communication goes and our roles goes? Yeah, um, well first off, we don't have a list. Right. Well, we started with a list mm -hmm. and we thought we were gonna follow it, but I don't think the list ever came out. <laughs> because what has happened is we have developed a routine so I know my roles that I have to do, and you know yours. Yes. And if I get done with mine before you do, then I'll come help, and right. vice versa. Um, so my role is to make sure that everything in the inside is packed tight. We've got everything in place, um, from the shower to making sure the shower head's down in the bathroom to making sure the water pump is off, making sure everything inside is ready to go and during transit it's not going to get knocked around everywhere because everybody knows the road is hard <laughs> in some spots yeah yeah Uphill, and it's very long yeah and it will definitely shift around your stuff so my job is on the inside while you're preparing the outside yes and you know what's my job on the outside um making sure you know the jacks come up making sure that you know, we got the stairs put away, making sure the truck is hooked to the trailer properly, making sure there's enough air in the tires, um, making sure we're disconnected from everything. We always, always do at least a double, if not a triple check for the doors and making sure we're unplugged and everything is put away correctly. Right. And repetition is the key. You know, the more times you're, you're constantly setting up hooking up, you know, when you're doing it, you know, every week or every month or have, you know, how often you're doing it, repetition is a key to success. So when I'm, you know, out there hooking up the truck to the RV and, you know, I'm pulling up the uh, stabilizers, I'm, you know, dumping our black tank, making sure that, you know, all the tanks are closed and I'm making sure that, you know, all, um, all the you know the ball and hitch is connected you know everything is together stabilized the the chains are together you know i'm not in a rush that's the main thing even if you have to get somewhere you have to slow down she has to check my points i have to check her points everything has to be on point and we're human there's times where we forget i think one time we pulled into a um a camping world and I was stopping, I was trying to stop the trailer. And you know, there's a switch that stops the trailer brakes. And I'm like, oh shit, the trailer brakes aren't stopping. Because he forgot to plug in the seven weight cord and I did not check. Yes. That was one morning we were in a hurry to leave. Yes. That's why I don't get in a hurry. Yeah. We went from a Walmart to the RV world. 
Camping World, and that's what happened. But it, it, it wouldn't happen. But first of all, we didn't argue about it. No. It wouldn't have happened if we did one critical thing, checked our lights. True. That's one thing you have to do. You have to check your lights mm -hmm. to make sure that not only are your truck lights working, mm -hmm. but your trailer lights are working. <laughs> but when you're in the motion of things, you're thinking about so many other things. You're thinking about reservations or boondocking or water or dumping or whatever the case may be. You're thinking about so many things and there's only two of you. Sometimes it can be natural to forget things. But as she said, along with communication is patience and safety. It is so easy to mess up and all it takes is one accident. I mean, on Facebook, we're a part of so many um, RV groups online and we're part of the escapees. We've just seen, what was it in Washington? Yeah. Tell us what happened in Washington. Um, we were, quick story, we were going up um, just a little small grade and I seen this couple with a trailer, um, an older trailer and a, you know, older truck pulling and he was going fast. I mean, at least 70, 75. Now, mind you, that is a speed limit, but that's for things that are not being towed. Right. And he passed us going uphill. And I thought to myself, man, I hope he slows down and I hope that truck can handle that trailer. And by the time we got over that mountain and we came down, sure enough, the trailer was on its side Everything he owned had been flipped upside down. That truck had rotated, but thank God they were all okay. Thank yes. God. Yes, it was. It was quite a scare. It was a wake-up call. It was a wake-up call you for know. them and us. Yeah. Because then I thought, man, I'm glad we weren't going fast. But it's not only about going fast. It's just in general, things happen. You don't know what'll take place. Absolutely. So, so explain to the folks out there what boondocking is for the folks that don't know what boondocking is um explain to them what boondocking is and how you can survive now ladies when you boondocking you will have to rough it a couple of days you're not going to be in your full element where you have access to all the normal things you will have in a home and a lot of folks that go camping in tents can understand this. But when you're boondocking five, six days a week at a time, mm -hmm. what happens? What do you have to do when you're boondocking? Well, I've learned that there's something called dry shampoo. Oh, okay. So you take the can, spray your hair. Okay, you do that. Like two days after you, you've already washed your hair, you dry shampoo it. And you can do that again and your hair will be fine. It'll smell good. It'll last till you're actually able to have water. So boondocking. Army showers. Yeah, definitely quick. So our pump works on electric, which will run off the battery. So we know that if we turn it on, we can hurry up and do a little army shower, clean up all your important parts and hop out. So you're not always thinking about being like the freshest and wipes are great. Yeah, but you know, we're not embracing whole baths. If you have a shower, use a shower, please. Um, but a lot of these campgrounds uh, have showers, loves yes. have showers. Yes. You have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of ways that you can sustain uh, uh, being free, living off the grid, 
and being sustainable, self-sustainable. Whether you have a solar panel mm -hmm. to uh, generate power, um, you have water, water for days, you can survive about a good week without being connected to any campgrounds. True. We went to uh, Badlands mm -hmm. and we had an amazing view. Yeah. It was great. I filled up the, uh, the water. Yep. I dumped before we got there mm -hmm. and it was great. We bought the food. Everything we needed, we had. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a great experience. Um, Except for <laughs> everybody always laughs about this one. Backing up. Oh, yes. Woo! Explain backing up. Now, do you think personally, do you think we're good with backing up? Or I mean, how would you rate us? How would you rate me as a backer upper? I would say you're proficient. Okay, that's good. I can take that. <laughs> and how would you rate us as a couple with backing up? Um, overall, we do great, I would say. Because I've watched many couples <laughs> argue, fight, carry on. Um, people get mad, slamming doors. All kinds of funny stuff happens when you're backing up. Oh, man. But we've learned that if we have cell service, we call each other, mm -hmm. and then I just tell you when to turn in, and then you follow it through. We figure out if we're level or not, then we add what we need to. Um, or if it's in a really, really, really tight spot, you roll down the windows. If we don't have no cell service, just roll down the windows. We don't yell at each other. Like, okay, it's gonna be tight here. Here's a pull on this, and here's that. So just communication is huge. Super huge. I think that's actually saves us from arguing. <laughs> yeah, and me being an awesome driver, Amen. I'm gonna be biased. I either this is what it is, you know. I have to give myself a pat on the back. This is what it is. I am a decent driver, a decent backer upper. I have my days where I'm not as proficient. If you don't see anybody out there, you're great. Right, eyes. Eyes. Add e the pressure. E Y E S. Eyes. The more eyes it is, the more I'm, um, uh, 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 you know. Uh, Gun shot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. But all in all, you know, if you're out there camping, even if you don't have an RV, guys, mm -hmm. if you're out there camping, like Michelle said, the main thing is to have fun. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy yourself. Understand why you're getting out there in the first place. Connect with nature. Try not to be so connected to uh, social media, electronics, your TV. Try to get out there and meditate. Go for walks. There's plenty of trails all across this country. You know, just try to get out there and connect with nature. And if you want to be stimulated, take a book. Take a book. Read a book, you know, be around a campground fire or whatever, or just do a lot of self-reflecting. Mm -hmm. Take it easy. That's the whole point of getting out and being a part of nature. And not thinking that you actually have to do the most. You right. don't have to go on a hike if you're no not agenda. able to go no on agenda. a hike. Yeah. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's a time to relax unwind laugh have fun and just enjoy yes and the next thing i wanted to bring up is cooking a lot of people want to know hey i may not have access to everything that i may have in a residential house so what are some of the things that you can cook as a wife or a woman 
or a man, men cook too. What are some of the things, quick things, men or women could cook when you're boondocking or when you're out there camping? Um, I would definitely say, I would try to make something that will last possibly like a dinner with a lunch. So I think about like, make a spaghetti, make um, some tacos, um, make everything that's like in one pan because there's nothing more frustrating than being out there, especially if you're trying to boondock and you don't have enough water to do all those dishes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay. some quick ones. Nice, nice, nice. And last but not least, how does compromising look? Now, I got three examples in my head right now that gives us the prize for compromising. The first example, and you know where I'm going with this, the first example was when we were in Sedona and we were hiking. To be honest, we didn't hike. Explain to the audience what happened in Sedona that made us not hike. Uh, we planned a special weekend in Sedona and um, earlier that week I felt sick. So I was definitely dealing with a head cold. So the more I walked, I thought, you know, if I get out in the fresh air, it's gonna feel better, everything's gonna be great. But no, it was in between my inner ears. I felt dizzy, it was hard to breathe. So we got on the trail, we were gonna go hike, and you said, you know what? Let's just go back to the car. It's okay, don't feel bad, it's okay. So instead, we were walking downtown. <laughs> you know where I'm gonna go with this. Walking downtown and we seen one of those lovely salesmen oh. that try to sell you stuff. And we ended up getting into a situation where we ended up taking a helicopter ride that only costs like a hundred bucks. Yeah, we had to watch a long uh, seminar. A seminar, you know, that uh, that pitch when it comes to the uh, you know condo the, selling. Yeah, you know, yeah. But anyhow, it was worth it because we've seen it. all of Sedona. No, it was worth it from the sky. But it always makes you think we'll go back there again. Yeah, no, it's all good. We've been to Sedona twice, but the point was there was a compromise. Michelle yeah. wasn't feeling good. She didn't want to hike. And she wanted me, you know, she's always a trooper. She wanted me to go up there instead. She'll wait in the car. I'm like, ain't no way. I'm going to experience anything out here without you. So we're going to just take this L, you know. And it really wasn't an L for the day because we still had an amazing time. Mm -hmm. So I just said, you know what? It's all good. We're going to go and we're going to do other things. Um, the other example that was sticking in my head, this is when you took the L for me. When we went to the Badlands. The Badlands National Park. Mm -hmm. We went to the Badlands National Park, and of course, we went to the boondocking area of the Badlands. And you can stay there up to 14 days, and it's an amazing view. And I wanted a spot that was close to the edge. Now, Michelle here is afraid of heights. Yes, I am. <laughs> So initially, I seen one across the way. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Little wrap thing. Okay. But he seen one close to the edge that he really, really liked. So I said, all right, we can do this. Just please put a lot of bricks behind the tires. And I'll be okay. So. Yeah. So it worked out. We made out. it work. 
And the same thing with Grand Canyon, you know, she have an issue with, you know, on the heights. And I understand that. Just like I got an issue with swimming. A lot of campgrounds that we've been to, we've been in the pools and, you know, she's completely Olympic style, Michael Phelps, like a fish. I Me, you know, I'm I'm not much of a swimmer, but I have an issue with floating, so she helps me with the, she helps me with those issues. Anyhow, um we're being, you know, in Grand Canyon or like I say, um, the mm -hmm. Badlands and any place there has heights, I try to understand where she's from, from an empathetic standpoint, and I don't try to force her or pressure her. I know that I can only do so much by encouraging her and inspiring her and giving her security that, hey, it's all in your mind. I'm here for you. It's all good. And I'll let her do the rest. Um, and if she's comfortable, she'll take that step because I know that she's courageous to take that step. And if not, it's all good. So I guess at the end of the day, compromising is a huge key to a successful, stress-free camping situation. Compromising, sacrificing, you know, being patient, communicating, being safe. All these things are imperative in order for you to have stress-free camping. Now, a successful camping situation doesn't mean that you're gonna avoid all the negatives. Success means being able to balance out the good and the bad, right? It's choosing to uh, know how to deal with the stress when it comes, right? We can't control the weather, but we can sure as hell prepare for it when it comes, right? So with that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week.